630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's a rematch for the Oilers and Sharks. They played last Tuesday in San Jose. Didn't go well for Edmonton. Fell behind 3-0 early on the way to a 6-3 loss. We'll slide into the face-off show at 7. The puck will drop at 8.30. In a couple of minutes, we'll catch up with our old friend Dan Rusinowski, the play-by-play voice for the San Jose Sharks, who after a pretty poor start to the season, have now reeled off six consecutive victories to get up to 500. They're 10-10-1. The Oilers over overtime loss in their last outing Saturday against Dallas they're now 13-6 and 3 on the season busy night in the NHL here's what's going on so far in the second period Minnesota leads Buffalo 2 nothing Florida is up 2-1 on Philadelphia the Bruins lead the Devils 2-zip Pasternak, his 18th goal on the season. He's just incredible so far this year. Early second period, Pittsburgh leading the Islanders 2-0. Rust and Tanev, the goal scorers, also early in period two. Montreal and Columbus, they're locked up at one. Late in the first period, Senators and Detroit, even at one, just getting underway, the Lightning and the Blues. Several games still to come later, including the Avalanche up against the Flames. Flames having a bit of a tough goal lately, as are the Toronto Maple Leafs. They play a late game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630. Ched will also... Uh, Get a little bit into Grey Cup chat. Always a fun week. You uh, always uh, find a great, uh, a lot of great stories. Grey Cup week, whether it's talking to current players, former players or coaches, broadcasters who've been around the big game for a long time, played in it, won it, lost it. And you always get to meet some unique fans during this week. We're going to introduce you to one between 6.30 and 7 tonight. And, and I don't, I don't know the the full story. I I, I want to find it out too when we when we interview this gentleman. His name is Chris Matthew, and I know that he doesn't wear pants. Now, he he wears shorts. He's not walking around in his gaunch, uh, but he doesn't wear pants, and it's connected to the Blue Bombers Grey Cup drought, which stretches back to 1990. I don't think his rejection of of long pants goes back quite that far but i think it's close to 20 years and uh it's it's all connected to to the bombers not winning the great cup he does live in winnipeg it does get cold in winnipeg it's not always shorts weather as as we would know from uh, living in northern alberta but uh this gentleman i think he would like to wear long pants again I, I think he would like that. And obviously, just as a fan of the Bombers, he would like them to win the Grey Cup anyway. So we will bring you this uh, rather unique story. And I know there was uh, the, the guy over at Oilers Nation, the Nation Dan, who was wearing shorts uh, connected to the Oilers' success or, or lack of it over the last couple of years. It doesn't go back, though, as, as, as long as this guy. So we will have that Grey Cup angle as we, uh, as we move along tonight. That's going to be fun. Of course, if you want to reach out the text line and the number to call is the same now, 780-496-0063. It is a hot streak for the San Jose Sharks to discuss their play-by-play voice, our good buddy Dan Rusinowski. Dan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, another time for another big tilt in the Pacific Division. Might as well be, tweet, be between these two teams. Well, might as well be, and I guess it's a game the Sharks got to look forward to on the schedule. It's... Uh, 
it's been a, at least a regular season series that has been in the Sharks' favor lately, especially when the games are played in San Jose. I know the Oilers pulled out an overtime win uh, in Hitchcock's first game 364 days ago, but, but the Sharks have been in control usually when these two teams have played. Well, why do you think that is? I mean, I know the Oilers have had some tough seasons, but you know they did have a playoff year a couple of years ago. How, why do you think this has been such a good matchup for the Sharks, Dan? Well, I just think it's the style of hockey that that they seem to be playing whenever they face the Oilers, and that is Sharks hockey. The uh, uh, four lines of pressure, the uh, aggressive forecheck, the fact that they're generating so many shots from the, the the point man, and they're getting the key saves in those games from Martin Jones or Aaron Dell, in that matter, for uh, whenever they're they're playing this team. But um, it, a lot of it is luck more than anything else. The luck of the schedule, the fact that uh, that you know a team is in a certain position when they face each other. But you go back to uh, the last time the regulation loss happened for the Sharks in this building against Edmonton, and if my memory serves me correctly, it was the very end of the 2016-17 season, the year the Sharks played the Oilers just a few short days later in that first-round playoff series. And, of course, Edmonton won that late-season game 4-2 to two and beat the Sharks in the first round in six games. So um, I-, I think that uh, some of it is just because of that and the way things have gone for Edmonton, but a lot of it had to do with the way the Sharks were playing and I really think it, it's because they were playing their game and doing it at a high level. We're looking at a San Jose team that two and a half weeks ago was 4-10-1, and, and maybe some people were saying, uh, where's this team headed? Are they going to be able to put it together? They have not lost since then. They have won six in a row. What's changed uh, since November 2nd when they lost to Vancouver to drop six games below five hundred? You know, it's funny to, to note this, but uh, wouldn't it have been interesting if the Oilers game had been scheduled within that time period uh, at SAP Center? Who knows? I get back to what I was saying earlier, Reed. but I really think that one of the biggest differences has been the return of Radim Shimek to the lineup. Sharks haven't lost a game since he's come back. He's a big part of the defense, and if you notice, even in the last couple of games, he's got minus numbers in his plus-minus figure, and he's had a couple of rough moments, but I think that his addition to the lineup brings two or three things. One, it brings aggressive physical play. He's not afraid to get involved physically. Number two, he's a predictable player. You know what side of the ice he's going to be on. You know the way he's going to defend. And that allows for his D partner, Brent Burns, to roam a little more freely, so to speak, and not allow those things to go against them too often. And then the third thing, of course, is is just the, the way that it slots the defense and uh, puts everybody on the ice with a partner that they are pretty sure they're going to have for the entire game. I think in the earlier schedule, we saw a number of different defensemen, Tim Heed being one that comes to mind that uh, that would be out there, or Mario Ferraro. And there were times when they were going with five defensemen for most of the game. And I, I think that the way the Sharks are built, they, they're better off when they've got uh, consistent D partners with, uh, with good fundamentals. And I think that that's improved to allow Mark Edward Vlasic to shine with with Eric Carlson, as they did so well against McDavid and Dreisaitl last time out. And, of course, um, you know, that third pair giving them a little bit more consistency there with Brendan Dillon slotting back in that position and doing a great job. So um, I think that that's one of the keys. And I think the other key is that this team has generally done this over the last few years. You go back to 15-16 when they went to the Stanley Cup final. They really didn't kick it into gear under Pete DeVore until around December 
the tenth or so. Really, if you want to measure it exactly, I think we look back around December fifteenth. So, uh, in that sense, they're they're a little bit ahead of schedule. But um, there were some adjustments at the beginning of the season with the loss of Joe Pavelski. You you lose a leader like that and that voice in the dressing room. There's an adjustment. Logan Couture getting used to having that C on his on his uh, left shoulder, and I think that uh, that when you don't have it, you can you can certainly lead. But when you actually get that responsibility, you tend to put pressure on yourself. And then you got you know like last game, Timo Meyer, um, kind of benched and demoted a little bit by Coach Pete DeBoer. A little message sent. They had a nice conversation, and you know what that was all about. That's all about a, a young guy who had a great year last year, just signed a big contract, and is putting a lot of pressure on himself. So I think that those are some of the things that were, I guess, plaguing the Sharks at the beginning of the season, and uh, gives you a pretty good kind of overall picture as to what they've overcome so far and where they're going. And just tell me a little bit about the effect of bringing back Patrick Marlowe. He didn't come back to the Sharks till till the regular season was already a week old. 1,500 games in a Sharks uniform, but in the fall here, there were some questions about what might happen with his career. Just a, a little bit on, on his return and, and his impact to a very familiar environment. Well, I was getting a little long-winded with my answer last time, but I think that he also was a big part of the beginnings of the turnaround. You know, when they, when they picked him up and he came into Chicago, I, I would describe one word to talk about Patrick Marlowe when he, when he stepped off the plane. He was overjoyed. He was overjoyed that he was back with the San Jose Sharks. He felt as if he was home. He was completely comfortable. And now he's playing with Joe Thornton, which doesn't get much better than that in terms of hockey history. So, um, uh, you know, that's a nice third line with Marcus Sorensen. So I think that he's also allowed the forwards to um, slot exactly where Pete DeBoer wanted them. And, you know, you go back to the beginning of the year and, you know, you posed the question, Reed, why is it that they didn't sign him on October the 1st instead of waiting a little bit? Well, Doug Wilson has always had a philosophy that he's he's abided by and that is when he makes an investment into players in the organization when they're young he whether they're a free agent in their mid-20s or whether they're somebody just coming in he says to them we are watching you closely we believe in you and we are going to give you the opportunity to earn a position and i think he wanted to say that to some of his young players with the ahl san jose barracuda so at the beginning of the year it wouldn't have exactly been shall we say, honest if he said, well, we really trust you, but we're just going to sign this guy that's a veteran anyway. Um, So what he wanted to do was provide the scenario for these players to sink or swim, so to speak. And in the first few games, it was pretty apparent that I wouldn't say they were sinking, but that they weren't quite ready to uh, to swim at Olympic level either. So uh, that development process continues with those young guys. People like Leon Bergman has had a, you know, a nice little start here. Antti Suabello looks like he's getting recalled to, to be back with the Sharks. Won't play tonight, I don't think, but, uh, but to just to add somebody to the roster in a just-in-case position tonight. But these are guys that are getting their opportunities to play. Um, he's fulfilling his promises, the general manager is, with those players and uh, then he was able to fortunately have Patrick Marlowe available for essentially well not for free but uh, but almost and so um, he comes in scores a couple goals his first game and he has been nothing but a reflection of that feeling of being overjoyed since he's been back he's uh, applying the body he's back checking in the third period he's got a lot of energy and I think he's been the subject of a lot of videos uh, inside the Sharks locker room from Pete DeBoer usually when you put a guy up on the video uh, screen during a session you're trying to tell people what he's done wrong but in this particular case he's being kind of held up as a, a poster 
man, because he's not a child anymore, but a poster guy for what to do right, especially in the third period when the game is on the line. And so I think he's been a really big boost for the Sharks. And as I said, he's overjoyed to be here. Dan, going to be fun tonight. Thanks for fitting us in. Have a great call. Thanks, Reed. One of the good guys from the NHL broadcast booth, Dan Brusinowski, the voice of the San Jose Sharks on the Sharks radio network and uh, an overview of the Sharks' success lately, a six-game winning streak, which includes a victory over the Edmonton Oilers one week ago. The Oilers still do lead the Pacific Division, but the Sharks, like Dallas, who the Oilers just played, a team that had high expectations going into the year, started poorly, and now coming on. So the Oilers will try to cool them off. We got to take a quick timeout. We're coming up to 619. When we get back, today's code word for our Join the Team sponsored by Japanese Village. That can put you in the Oilers team photo. We'll have that code word. A little bit more about... Uh, well, it's not exactly a Grey Cup memory because I wasn't born for this, so I don't remember it, but a little bit about a past Grey Cup. Join the team with 6.30 Chet and the Edmonton Oilers presented by Japanese Village is hockey. The code word is hockey. So you go to the contest page on 630Ched.com. Full details there. You can get in the Oilers team picture, a full game day experience. You get to be interviewed on the face-off show with Rob and me. You get uh, VIP seating. It's just an incredible day. The code word is hockey. And we'll have a new code word at 6.20 tomorrow. And the grand prize draw the winner will be announced on Monday, December 9th. So that's pretty cool. Today's code word is hockey. There you go. Early goal for the Jets against the Predators. Patrick Laine, 18 seconds into the first period. 1-0 Winnipeg over Nashville. Now halfway through the first period. We'll give you a full scoreboard after the 6.30 news and weather. Oilers and Sharks tonight. Face-off show is at 7. Game is at 8.30. Jujar Kara. Expected to be on the Oilers' second line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and James Neal. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Just trying to balance our lines a little bit. That's, I don't look at it as you guys look at it more as top six, bottom six, other six, whatever. That's, we're just trying to get some balance in our lineup. Miko Koskinen, the expected starter. Martin Jones for the San Jose Sharks. Adam Larson, not quite ready to return on defense, but a pretty good chance that he plays in a couple of days against the Los Angeles Kings. Kellen, the Grey Cup is on Sunday, as you know. Yes. Hamilton and Winnipeg. So I just sometimes I just get randomly looking at stuff. I like, of course, reading about sports history, looking at, yep. at, at things. I actually did not know this. On one occasion, the Grey Cup was a two-game total point series. It's always been a single game, except for 1940. I didn't know this. So they played a, a two-game total point series. The Ottawa Rough Riders won the Grey Cup. They won the first game of the series 8-2. They won the second game of the 1940 Grey Cup 12-5. So they won the total point series 27. The team they played... And, I, and I've known about this team, but it just kind of hit me today. Uh, the, the team was called the Toronto Balmy Beach Beachers. Okay. So they were they, they were from Balmy Beach, and they were called the Beachers. So just a team of what lifeguards in, in, in and the, well, I, it's just they, they they didn't put a 
they did put a lot of effort into the team nickname. Well, we're from Balmy Beach. What should we call ourselves? I don't know, Beachers. It would be like having a team at Edmonton called the Jasper Avenue Avenueers. <laughs> the Toronto Balmy Beach Beachers. The Anthony Henday Drive Drivers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly the same type of thing. That just struck me as very... A, a that I stumbled across, and I, I don't know how I didn't know this already, that there was a Grey Cup that was a two-game total point series. And uh, I, I knew there was a team in Balmy Beach. I, I never knew they just called themselves the Beachers. Sounds so it pleasant. So the Rough Riders against the, the Beachers. 1940 Grey Cup. There's hmm. your Grey Cup history tidbit for the day. We got a guy who won't wear pants until the Bombers win the Grey Cup. He's coming up. George, Oilers and Sharks at 8.30 will transition into the face-off show at 7. Here's what's going on in the NHL so far tonight. Minnesota leads Buffalo 3-0 late second period. Also in the second, Panthers up 4-2 on the Flyers. Boston leads New Jersey 2-1. The Penguins lead the Islanders 3-2. It's a 2-2 tie between the Habs and Columbus. After the first period, Detroit leading the Senators 2-1. No score in the first between the Lightning and the Blues. And the Jets still up 1-0 on the, on the Predators. Five minutes left in the first. Patrick Liney, the only goal in that game. You can text 636-30. I was talking about the 1940 Grey Cup. That was a two-game total point series between the Ottawa Rough Riders and the Toronto Balmy Beach Bombers. One texter to 7804960063 says, uh, Reed Halsey did play-by-play of those games, I thought. I can't confirm or deny. And uh, Yellowhead Drinker writing in, 8-2 and 12-5, WTF. Yes, the scores in those games were 8-2 and 12-5. So for the two-game series, it was 27 for the Ottawa Rough Riders over the Toronto Balmy Beach Beachers. It'll be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Grey Cup on Sunday. We've got a pretty interesting Blue Bombers fan here. Check it in from Winnipeg. His name is Chris Matthew. Chris, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's nice to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time to do this interview. How long, no have, you been, how long have you been a Blue Bombers fan? Uh, pretty much all my life. Uh, when I was born, there was only one team in the city. There was no hockey. There was nothing else. So you kind of followed the football team. Do you, do you mind if I ask what year you were born? 57. 1957. All right. So uh, you've, you've been with the Bombers a long time. You've seen a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But uh, that's what it's like being a sports fan. Absolutely. Um, Chris, when was the last time you wore long pants? Uh, that would have been about this time of this month, back in 2001. 2001 was a, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but uh, I believe that was one of the best Winnipeg Blue Bombers teams of all time. They were 14-4, and four, but what happened? Uh, 
they represented the East and they came out uh, and played Calgary. And I don't remember, I thought that uh, Calgary was 8-8, eight and eight, but they might have even had a worse record than that. Uh, and uh, the Bombers lost. So what was the condition that you put on yourself in relation to your attire? Well, I had been wearing shorts. Uh, it was a nice year, and it was, uh, as I say, late in November, and I was still wearing shorts. And somebody just happened to ask, well, how long are you going to be wearing those? And I figured it was a safe bet. So I said, well, until the Bombers win the Grey Cup. And that was supposed to happen five days later. And everybody knows it didn't. So, so why, I've been waiting for them to win ever since. So why did you decide? I mean, it would have been pretty easy for you to say, well, I meant for Grey Cup week, and then after Grey Cup week, I, I transitioned back to, uh, to longer pants. Why did you decide to stick with it beyond that? Because that's what I said I would do. I, 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 and uh, uh, I'm a former school teacher, and I used to tell my kids, I, I said, you know what? When you say something, you better mean what you say and stand by what you say. And so I couldn't very well turn around and renege on what I had said. Were, were you teaching at the time in 01? You must have been. Yes, I was. Yeah. Are, you, are you retired now? Yes, I am. Okay. So um, what? I'll start with your students and your colleagues at school. When they really realized, okay, Chris is committing to this, he's wearing shorts every day regardless of the weather, what was some of the reaction you got? Uh, most of them thought that, no, nah, it won't last, that uh, at some point I'll, I'll just cave and I'll give in. And a lot of them thought that uh, uh, there must have been uh, butter had slipped off my noodles or something and uh, uh, that there was just something. The kids loved it, but uh, the colleagues were more uh, um, stunned, I guess, than, than the kids were. Okay, so if, if you're a school teacher, there might be a, um, an occasion where you might have to wear a suit or dress up a little bit. Obviously, in your personal life, there might have been weddings or funerals or things like that along the way do you wear shorts like to all those no matter what or do you have exceptions uh, there's there's only the only exception is if i have to attend a funeral of somebody that didn't know about the whole i'm wearing shorts uh then i would wear a pair of pants to that but other than that no i've worn i've worn shorts to weddings uh two funerals uh and i also own a kilt so I get around the uh, not wearing pants by wearing that. Now, when it comes to the shorts, do you have casual shorts and then maybe more dressy shorts for certain occasions? Yes, I have ones that uh, they actually look pretty good. They're, uh, you know, like your, your basic uh, uh, black pants. Well, these are just basic black shorts, and they're, they're quite nice, and I can uh, uh, wear them in most places. Uh, Chris, uh, you're married? Yes. Uh, you have any children? No. What does your spouse think about this? Oh, you should hear some of the things she thinks about this. Uh, but the, the classic is we've, we were walking uh, down the street uh, in the winter, and uh, I had the shorts on. She was all bundled up, and somebody looked over uh, with this uh, kind of stunned look, and she just uh, looked right back at them and said, yes, he's an idiot. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So... You're out there, I mean, I don't know, did you shovel snow? Like, you, you obviously are shoveling snow in shorts? Like it's, yes, it's... yeah, for the most part. Uh, if it's, if it's um, cold enough that they give you a warning, uh, like the frostbite warning, I will sometimes put on long johns and then the shorts over top of that. 
Okay. And some people say, well, that's a cheat. Well, I don't think it's a cheat because how many people wear long johns instead of pants? So they're not pants. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a fair point. They uh, you, Long johns are a form of underwear, and you're right. wearing them. I, I will give you that one. Ab- absolutely. Have you ever, so it's been 18 years, have you ever thought about, and I know you said you're a man of your word and, and you're showing your kids how committed you are, but, I mean, the kids that are in grade 12 now weren't born when you started doing this. Have you ever thought, okay, enough's enough? Has that ever entered your mind in the past 18 years? No, uh, and in fact, uh, when the Bombers do win the, the, the Cup, and they will at some point, I'm sure that will be this year, but if it's not, at some point they will. I'll put the pants on for a day saying that I can, and then I'll go right back to wearing shorts anyways. I prefer it. Really? Yeah. What do you yeah, prefer? I really do. What, what do you prefer about wearing shorts? Well, uh, I, I tend to sweat a lot, uh, and I just find them more comfortable. Uh, Okay. At all times. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so it was a bit of a, a, revel, a comfort revelation then. Yeah, and uh, the, the first couple of years, uh, the legs felt a little more of the cold, but as you go on, you kind of become inured to it or immune to it, and uh, it doesn't bother you as much. Well, I, I will give you that. Uh, it, it's much easier to be outside in, in, in with bare legs than with bare arms. That's, yeah. that's a lot more... And uh, I, I, I'm a runner. I've never run much below zero, but I have run in shorts a little bit below zero. And once you get moving, it's fine. But i got to have my arms covered. Right. So, uh, no, I, sorry if I asked you this already. What did you teach? Uh, I taught junior high uh, uh, social studies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and then I taught high school, uh, high school social studies to adults. Oh, I see. Okay. And did you ever uh, do any coaching, or were you ever? Do you have an athletic history or ability? Yeah, I, I coached football at some time. I I played hockey in the past. I played football. I played rugby. Uh, I I just love sports. Okay, so you pretty pretty uh, pretty good background there. Uh, are you coming to the game? Are you going to Calgary for the game? No, I'm not. Uh, I have a friend that has an annual Grey Cup party, and we go to it uh, every year. So. Um, the other thing, like if you're sitting outside in shorts, uh, it's a whole lot more uncomfortable than if you're you're standing and moving and walking around. So going to the Great Cup in Calgary and sitting there, I know it's supposed to be fairly nice, uh-huh. but it still would be a little cold. And the shorts would obviously be on until at least the end of the game. Do the Blue Bombers, does, does the Blue Bombers organization know about your commitment and have you ever had any recognition from them? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, this this whole story came out last year about this time. Uh, nobody knew anything about this before in the city, and, and it's kind of gone viral now. But uh, the Bombers had heard about this, that story, so they uh, invited me to uh, and a couple of friends, my wife, to uh, the last game of last year and took us all through the inside and went to the, the uh, alumni lounge and everything like that. And apparently, I didn't see the uh, the post game uh, after the Saskatchewan game uh, this past weekend. But uh, uh, somebody referenced that to uh, Mike O'Shea, and he uh, he apparently knows about it. So, okay. Well, th- this is about Chris Matthew joining us on Inside Sports, dedicated Blue Bombers fan who has uh, who is committed to wearing shorts. 
until they win the Grey Cup again. This has been going on since 2001 when they were in the Grey Cup, but uh, but lost it to the Calgary Stampeders. And as, if you if you're just tuning in, Chris did say a few. Uh, minutes ago that if they win the Grey Cup he'll wear long pants for a day but he would go back to shorts because he likes wearing shorts your experience of of this Bombers season Chris there was uh, a lot of ups at the beginning they kind of uh, maybe stumbled a bit in the middle but then uh, a pretty good run here at the end what's it been like as a as a fan for you this year well it's uh, like most years it starts off with optimism and uh, this year was better than most we came out with a really really good start and then we lost to toronto and i thought oh oh, here we go again uh but they pulled it back together in uh, the last two games uh, particularly the second last game against calgary uh they played extremely well and so i am uh, uh pretty optimistic about uh the result on sunday well, Hamilton's pretty good. I got to be honest with you. I, I got to pick Hamilton. So give us some keys for the Bombers here that you think are going to put them over the top. Uh, well, defensively, uh, they have to stop Banks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have to play that, that uh, aggressive defense that uh, sometimes they don't. Uh, and then on the opposite side of the ball, I think they have to get their running game going uh, with Harris particularly. Um, uh, and I think uh, Saskatchewan game kind of showed it that uh, they figured out the dual quarterback thing. So if they're going to run that again, uh, the, the run option, uh, Strebler has to option it more than run it for it to be successful. But if, I think if they can do that, uh, they can win. And I'm hoping that because Hamilton will probably be the favorites, this is just going to be the reverse of 2001. The underdog will win. Well, I got to tell you, I, I think it's Zach's team now, even though he's relatively new, and they should just let him take all the snaps. I mean, I think yeah. the Strevler thing is, I don't know if that's going to work against Hamilton very well. Yeah, I mean, like I say, uh, Saskatchewan showed that they, they figured it out. So, yeah, uh, and Kolaris has uh, done nothing but good things since he's played the last couple of games, so why not? How tense were you at the end of the West Final? Uh, a little, but uh, again, it was like if they, they don't win, then I'm... I'm still okay with that. I, I really hope they win for all of the fans and for the city and for themselves. Uh, if, and if it, it's not, I mean, don't win it for me because uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, not going to be suffering if they don't. Who's your favorite Blue Bomber of all time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, you know what? I'm going to say uh, uh, Chris Walby. Oh, nice. Yeah, heck of a player. Good broadcaster, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I, back in the day, I played uh, uh, tackle, played left tackle, so uh, uh, that's my guy. Right on. Well, Chris, thanks for uh, letting fans here in uh, northern Alberta and on 630 Shed get to know you a little bit. You are a, a committed man. You have become part of the fabric of the CFL. How does that sound? Well, I'm, I'm not sure why... Uh, I'm not sure if I'm a committed fan or I should be committed. I'm, it, but uh, uh, if if this is if this makes some people happy and makes them smile, well, that's good, because there's not enough of that around. Absolutely, Chris. Enjoy the Grey Cup. Uh, you're probably keeping an eye on the Jets game tonight as well, so enjoy that. Thank you so much for checking in. All the best. Oh, uh, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. That is Chris Matthew from uh, Winnipeg. Blue Bombers fan since the day he was born in 1957 has not worn long pants except to two funerals 
uh, since uh, 2001 when he said, I am going to keep wearing shorts until the Bombers win the Grey Cup. They didn't beat Calgary that year. So uh, here we go. He remains in shorts. As he said, if there's a frostbite warning, he will wear long johns and put the shorts on over top, which I, I don't really think is cheating. I think you got to be smart enough that, uh, you know, you don't want to lose any flesh over it. That's pretty incredible. Uh, so you could text 780-496-0063. You can call 780-496-0063. Same number for both now here at 630 Shed. That is Chris Matthew. A pantless Blue Bombers fan. We're back after the break. Taking on the San Jose Sharks tonight. Start of a five-game road trip for the Oilers. Going to be a big one. We'll have the face-off show coming up after the 7 o'clock news and weather. The game starts at 8.30. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist, northchickenyeg.com. I just had Chris Matthew on the show. What a big Blue Bombers fan. Will not wear pants until they win the Grey Cup. He has been doing that since 2001. TS writes in, says, or, or pardon me, Trent says, this guy should run for prime minister. Maybe then a politician would keep their word. Uh, another texter says, this could be one of Canada's best sports stories, one of the best out of Winnipeg, I'm sure. And uh, Jet Solver says, see, in the CFL, our balls are still bigger. LOL. Uh, that's that's pretty committed, but good for him. Interesting guy, big football fan. I don't know, Kellen. Would you ever do that for a pro wrestler? No. <laughs> nah. Flat out no. Well, you know the old pun about pro wrestling, right? It's a bunch of men with no pants fighting for a belt. <laughs> that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Well, Chris Matthew, uh, interesting. We'll have uh, plenty more of, of a Grey Cup-centric guests on the show throughout the week. It's always a fun week to uh, bring in unique people like Chris or go down memory lane or analyze the big game coming up Sunday a little bit. Uh, one of our scheduled guests for tomorrow is a guy many of you as Eskimos fans used to despise, but he was a pretty good, well, he was an excellent CFL quarterback, had a pretty good run in the NFL as well. Uh, former Grey Cup champion, former Calgary Stampeder, Jeff Garcia, scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. We will have the Eskimos coaches show tomorrow from 7.30 to 8.00 with uh, Jason Moss and Dave Campbell. Dave will do the show since Morley's in Calgary to cover the Grey Cup. So that's coming up tomorrow. Inside Sports will be from 6 to 7.30. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace Replacement Specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Com. Updating the scoreboard here, 3-0 Wild leading the Sabres after two. Also after two, Florida's up 4-2 on Philly. Early in the third, Bruins lead the Devils 2-1. Also early in the third, 2-2 Montreal and Columbus. Second period is over in Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 3-2 edge on the Islanders. Middle of the second period, Senators lead the Red Wings 3-2. 
after one, lightning up one nothing on the Blues. Jets lead the Predators one nothing. No score early between the Hurricanes and the Blackhawks. Dallas rolling along with an early one nothing lead on the Vancouver Canucks. Still to come besides the Oilers and the Sharks, Toronto's in Vegas, and Colorado will take on Calgary. We'll bring in Bob Stoffer as we roll into the City Ford Faceoff Show. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you in a few minutes. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.